Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 58 of the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show. I'm Kurt Schilling. Uh, he's Bill Graff. What's up, Billy? How are you, Kurt? John's back there somewhere. He certainly is. We're going to get right into it. A seemingly innocuous story that I think isn't as seemingly innocuous as maybe the media would have you believe it. Uh, Shohei Otani was placed on the 15-day uh, injured list. Uh, right oblique inflammation prior to the, their loss uh, in uh, Detroit on Saturday. Otani's locker was cleaned out on Friday. That was the 11th straight game he was held out of the lineup. He initially sustained the oblique injury in a swing while taking batting practice of turn fourth. Scheduled to undergo UCL a UCL surgery. UCLA. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. done. Uh, as soon as next week, the general manager, Perry Minasian, said, unfortunately, he didn't know if Otani will undergo his second Tommy John or a different operation. Had the best offensive year of his career. 304, just insane. Uh, 10 and 5 with a 314, all the things go with that. Here's the thing that jumps out at me in that story that the media just completely, for some reason, never understands. In baseball, when you hurt yourself and go on the injured list, you, uh, you'll have surgery and then you'll come back and you'll rehab with the training or you'll cut your post surgery. You'll come back and, and you'll, you'll start with the training team and, and, uh, you'll have, you guys have a conditioning guy or somebody that will, a therapist who will start your rehab or whatever, whatever the case may be. I know one thing you don't do is you don't clean out your locker and go home before the season's over. Now there's just two weeks left in the season. You don't do that. You you come to the park, but and and maybe it is two weeks left in the season. Not a good look for the player. Uh, I would tell you that there's absolutely zero chance he comes back and plays in Anaheim after this one because, well, for a lot of different reasons. But you just don't do that. Um, you're not supposed to do that anyway. Uh, and they did, and he did. So and now, Bill, you said something about the team. The question is, did the team? ask him to take it take it out or did he do it on his own and i haven't seen that anywhere if the team did i would be stunned i would be absolutely stunned if the team asked him to leave uh that would mean that they have no interest in signing him and that relationship's not what everybody thought it was and all the things go with that meanwhile on the field uh we talked about it on thursday billy the raised o's headed into a four gamer or up three one would have been pretty big deal Tampa could have brought it to a tie. Baltimore could have jumped four up. All the things go with that. We had probably the best outcome for baseball fans you could have asked for. Tampa takes the first two games. And then Grayson Rodriguez. Bill, I think I've used the term stopper before here. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Um, And you've used it with his name. So That that was the game. Uh, That was the game the kid was supposed to pitch. You are tied for first. Two games left in this series. You've lost two. Uh, the stopper stopped streaks, and Grayson Rodriguez threw a gem. Now, let's be clear. Tyler Glasnow, who I've been in love with since I've seen him throw, threw a gem as well. But out Rodriguez uh, outpitches him, and the Orioles win Saturday. Even better is they're down 3-1 in the eighth. They come back Sunday to win 4-3 in front of the home crowd. What a great weekend series for Baltimore, for baseball. And place was part- packed all four games. Yeah. Yeah, so the personal part of this for me, it's very hard for me to feel happy about it because it, it's rewarding the Angelos family for ineptitude and for screwing a franchise, but the fans in Baltimore deserve it, and I'm happy for them. I really I like what we're seeing. Both those guys I mentioned are the reason you want 
to win the division. Baltimore's two up, three in the loss column. And the fact of the matter is, one of those teams is going to miss the wild card series and not play three games. There's two schools of thought here, right? The two schools are, I would rather play than sit out for a week because I've seen firsthand what that can do to a team. Or I would rather sit out for a week rather than play in a series and have a chance to be eliminated. (laughs) Glasnow and Rodriguez and the pitching stabs of these two teams give you incentive to win the division because you want to be able to set your rotation up. Whoever wins the division in the East is going to get a bye along with the uh, AL West team in the American League. Minnesota is going to be playing somebody. Toronto. Seattle. Yeah. Are, are all fighting for that third yeah. spot. Well, so, so you've got Toronto. And Texas. You've got Toronto, Seattle, Texas, Tampa. The O's. Yeah. So but the O's and the Rays have both clinched playoff spots. Right, so that right, first right. wild in. card spot is but there, there is, you know, and it's it's the first time in a long time that not all playoff spots are created equal. I mean, it was home field advantage, which you could make some arguments for to some degree, I guess. But your Grayson Rodriguez and your Tyler Glasnow's uh, negate home field advantage in, in a lot of ways. It's going to be fun. Uh, the big thing coming out of, of today will be the fact that uh, Tampa will have 10 games left. So the O's will have 12 and the Rays 11 and yep. the three back. Uh, over on the uh, left coast and the other league, the Braves uh, lead the Dodgers by five and a half for the best record. So they're going to probably both be sitting uh at the end of the year watching other teams play because the dodgers clinched their 10th national league west in the last 11 seasons yeah i I don't know any division i mean it was a uh kind of a yankee red Sox thing in al east for a long time houston's owned the west for a while but nobody has had of a division like the dodgers and we came into the sea i didn't expect it I expected them to be good. I expected them to be the division winner. I didn't expect them to dominate. I expected San Diego to be a lot better. Uh, I expected that division to be a lot more competitive than it was. And then it remains to be seen, though. What remains to be seen, though, is what the Dodger pitching is going to look like come uh, playoff time. Braves lead them by five and a half. And the Braves have the swing and miss pitching October demands. So I, I'm uh, I'm going to be curious to see, as does everybody else, I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. But, which is exactly what baseball was hoping to get. The wild card race is wide open in the National League. Phillies have a three-and-a-half game lead. Five teams are all within one game. Arizona has a half game on the second spot. Cubs and Marlins tied for third. Then the Reds and the Giants are, Reds are a half game back. Giants right. are two back. Now, in Saturday's win against the Braves, uh, Jace Chisholm went two for three at the Grand Slam and four RBIs, stole three bases. He joins uh, Mike Cameron as the only player to hit a Grand Slam and steal three bases in a game Cameron did in 2002. And then he hit a Grand Slam on Sunday. So he had a hell of a weekend. Giants are two back. Uh, I'm going to make my prediction. Obviously, it's going to be the – I think it'll be the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, and then I'm feeling good about the Cubs. They've lost five straight, Kurt. Yeah, and are, are two and eight in their last ten. I, yep. I, I thought Cubs too coming yep. into this last stretch, but they're struggling. Watch this last week. Wait, uh, watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see it. 
Well, and you were talking Diamondbacks at the beginning of the year, and I was yep. skeptical, but I'll tell you, they're the kind of team that goes in and plays hard every day. Yep. Well, they got a one. They got Gallon in the lead in off the rotation. So it's going to be, you know, you're playing a best of three. You have to win the first game. You have to have the ace to win that first game. You have to have the stud to win that first game. And then we're going to close out on on uh, uh, a story that I think this show has taken an angle on. I think, I don't know, if I was to assess, I would say, I, I think the show has a particular angle on things that that other shows don't pre- present. And, and one of those things is inside the clubhouse. The Padres clubhouse is reportedly a lazy disaster and people are blaming Manny Machado. Padres are 0-11 in next inning games and 6-22 and in one-run games. According to reports, some Padre players believe they couldn't hold Manny Machado accountable this season. To ask a Padres player who why no one could confront Machado on these matters, it, it is to be looked at as if you have six heads. My biggest problem with stories like that, and I've said this before, is the to ask a player why no one could confront Machado is to be looked at as if you have six heads is in quotes. That's a writer quoting himself claiming that a Padre player said that about Machado. I'm not saying he didn't. I just think that's a way of reporting. According to virtually everyone queried in the series of more than 30 conversations with more than a dozen uniform personnel, including eight players and other members of the organization, there is a unanimous consensus that Machado controls the clubhouse and sets a tone and personality for the team. This assessment is based on how he is treated, the latitude he is given, and how messages for the team are passed through him from above. It is also based on what multiple players said were his own declarations, though Machado denied that to be the case. Same as he pushed back on much of the premise of this story. Machado responded, I think everybody is a leader. I think we have 26 leaders. I don't think necessarily one person has to take the lead role. I think baseball is a team sport. It takes everyone. Told that there is uniform agreement among several teammates. He is the dominant presence in the clubhouse. Machado did say that's fair. Could you ever hear Dutch Dalton saying <laughs> that line? Wait, I can't even get to that point. I can't get past the fact that this is happening in Bob Melvin's clubhouse. This is happening in Matt Williams's clubhouse. And I will be stunned. No, that must mean that both of those gentlemen are not the clubhouse impacting people that they were years ago. And that's fair to say probably because the game is changing and players are changing and maybe being who you were 10 years ago as a coach changes when your players are making 200, 350, $400 million a year. I, I I'm guessing it does. I'm guessing it does because those things would have never happened in either one of those guys clubhouses, which leads me to think that, Something needs to change, right? Trade Manny Machado or change the dynamics of all of it. That would stink because I think Bob Melvin is a pretty special manager. Manny's having a disappointing year by Manny's standards. I mean, 28, batting 251 with 28 bombs and 84 RBIs is well below his season averages. Well, he's being paid how much a year? Uh, 30? Yeah. You're a thirty million dollar player. You're a three hundred thirty five, one twenty five Gold yeah. Glove caliber. All the things that go with that. That's not the reason they're own eleven in extra inning games and six and twenty two in one run games. And that's not the reason they failed to under. The reason they have. And I've told you this. These things manifest themselves in the clubhouse. 
there has to be something going on. And and we've, we, gosh, you and me, I think John and I, we were all talking about it. I think back in June, something else going on in San Diego other than they're just playing bad. We talked about the fan. And I said, there are certain things that are much more important and carry much more weight. And that sort of stuff. Here's the thing. There, I, I can tell you this right now. The San Diego Padres do not have a leader in the clubhouse on the team or on the field. They don't. Because if they did, this would have never happened. This would have never come out. Because Darren Dalton would have told the reporter, do me a favor. I'll give you a story on Tuesday. I need to take you. Let me take care of this first. That's what would have happened. That's and that's what happens when you have a leader. If David Ross was in that clubhouse, the Cubs trading for David Ross is still the reason I think they won the World Series. You trade for a David Ross. That's the you know you have a Doug Mirabelli. You have a Jason. That doesn't happen in a clubhouse with the leader. It doesn't because the media finds that leader and goes right to them to try and call them out. And that's never the case because the leader never lets it get to that point. So this is, I'm, I'm reverse engineering a domino, a pile stack of dominoes. But the fact of the matter is the San Diego Padres do not have a leader in the clubhouse. Manny Machado is clearly not a leader and that's all right. You don't have to be, I'm not asking him to be, but somebody's going to have to step up and it doesn't have to be a $30 million guy. Generally, the best leaders are the guys that are the 24th man on the roster because they don't care who you are, what you say, or what you think. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And apparently, a lot of things are being done the wrong way in the Padre Clubhouse. So that needs to fix itself. And by the way, for anybody that's in the Padre Clubhouse, I don't want to hear Manny Machado gets traded and then all of you come out and talk about what a cancer he was. That makes you weak. If you're going to stand up and lead, lead. But there isn't a leader in the Padres clubhouse. And the Padres will not win next year if they don't get one either, by the way. No chance. So Before we go, Kurt, you, yep. you always talk about taking different angles. And as a fan, I sit back and look at the last 12 games. And it seems to me that the pressure that mounts on these teams that are in playoff races has to be immense. Okay, no, no, no. Here's And so I look at it the other way around, right? I'm looking at it from the player's perspective. As a fan, here's where you can find out what your guys are going to do in October. These are playoff games for the Rays and the Orioles. Make no mistake about it. Every guy is going up to the plate. Every guy is going to the mound with the postseason mentality. The ballpark in Baltimore, this was a playoff series this weekend. They got exposed to it already. It's, it's gonna. That's what it's going to be right there. You just saw it. And they did what they did on the weekend, right? Grayson Rodriguez, if you have any questions about how he's going to pitch in October, that answered him. He's capable of shutting you out and shutting you down when the chips are all on the table. Because, again, they were tied for first place during when that game started. So if you're a fan of the Rays, of the Orioles, of any team that is battling this last week with a game or two and, and every day is every game matters, Watch your players. This is where you're going to find out who's got what in October. Younger players. Younger players. Most other guys uh, will have a track record. So, anyway, yeah. Baseball Absolutely. nailed it again with the wild card and all the things that go with that. You have to win your division this year or be one of the top two. That's insanely valuable. And I think, though, Billy, those two are decided. It's Atlanta, L.A., and the AL East and Houston. Correct. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Or as long as Houston holds on. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Right, right. So, oh, yeah. The other thing we didn't talk about with Grayson, which I thought you would latch on to, he pitched eight innings. Oh, Kirk. yeah. He pitched eight. Look at the smile. I was trying not to, like, make it a big deal in the sense that I don't want it to be a big deal for him. Like, I, I want to see that, right? That That's... Okay, well, I mean, that's what you do. That, but, but here's the problem, Bill. That's where guys get hurt. He's on a pitch count his whole career. He's on an innings limit his whole career. Now you're going to let him go eight in September? I mean, I, I, I'm, I, it's not ha- damned if you do, damned if you don't. My point is, I told you, and I've said this a million times on the show, you can't ask a guy to do something for the first time in the big leagues. Pitching in a playoff game, literally, you know, that that's where, because he asks stuff of his body and his arm on Saturday that he hadn't ever asked him before. You know, he's fine and all that goes with that, but that's what you try to avoid having. That's where injuries come up. And that's what the thing, that's why the Walker Bueller thing was the best thing they could have done in LA. Yeah. I watch your teams, guys. Watch your players. Get a, get a feel for those teams. And uh, it's going to be an amazing final 12, 12 days, guys. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, across the internet, uh, we'd love you to go to outkick.com to pick it up and check out all the shows on the shows page. Other than that, I got nothing for you. Other, my, I might be four and all my fantasy football team after this weekend. So, uh, I'm, or my teams went four and all, so I'm pretty fired up about that. We'll see you guys at the end of the week. Bill, John, have a great weekend or have a great week. I'll catch you guys on Thursday and we'll have some more. There's going to be more going on for sure.